0: Are you ready for God's Word? That's more like it. That's more like it. Now, we've been talking about the abundant life, and it's a sermon series on stewardship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can I share something with you? When uh, every year, uh, Pastor Melissa and I, we get away. We've been doing this for for a long time, and it's it's a retreat to uh, think about a couple of things. First of all, we think about what we've done in, in, the, in the past year, in the past five years, and we say, Lord, is there anything we need to stop doing? <laughs> is there anything we did right and we need to double down on? And then we think about the present. What are we currently doing, Lord, and how are we doing it? And then, and then thirdly, we say, Lord, give us vision for the future. How do you want us to move? And so part of that is, is uh, formulating my sermon series for the year, and I start outlining them, and I start praying for uh, excitement and revelation and, and what might be on his heart that I might share with, with his church. After all, this is not my church. Somebody said the other day, they said, Pastor, your church, I said, you mean our church and the church of Jesus Christ, but not my church, because I didn't die for her, Amen. He died for her. It's his bride. I'm here for as long. I'm a steward. I'm a steward. I've been put here for a season. Amen? Amen. But um, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, what do you have on your heart? And how many of us know that when you inquire of God, he doesn't just work on our timetable? And it's not an exact physical science. In fact, it's a spiritual intimacy. And it must be uh, cultivated, and so I'm. I'm int- I found this very interesting because uh, when I got back, uh, Christian says to me, he he does the graphic, and that's the graphic he did. He says, "What is your sermon series going to be on that we're launching into?" Because I need to know so I can build your graphic. And I said, "Well, I'll um, hold on." I had a list of them that I had, you know, outlined, and, and I just didn't feel any of them. I'm like, "I spent a week, Lord," <laughs> and then I thought. And then God says, yes, but not for this one. This one I had to. Now you say, did he say all of that? No, he didn't say anything. So he, that came a little bit later. So Christian asks again, Where's your, what's your series going to be about? I need to build a graphic. I said, I'll let you know. What's your series about? I'll let you know. Finally, I said, Lord, come on, God, please. I, I, I guess we're just going to pray Um, because after all, I don't need to preach if he hasn't directed it. So I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and I hear in my heart, stewardship. I want you to preach on stewardship. And, yeah, exactly, that was my thought. (laughs) Really, God? I'm going to come back from retreat and conference and preach on stewardship? Stewardship? Most people would rather have a root canal than, a, than, than talk about stewardship. And I want you to notice something. Since I started the message on stewardship, our attendance has gone down a little bit. Look around. There's some empty, not a bunch. There, there's actually quite, there's actually not any really, but over here we got a few. But, but second service is usually packed to the gills. Because people get funny when you talk about money. But this is about so much more than money. And you know what? Something interesting. I don't know about you, but this message has blessed my life and has impacted it as much or more than any message or series I have covered in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years. I want you to consider the very first one. We're on the fourth fourth one but we've covered a few parables. And one of the parables was the the parable of the talents. And we talked about its financial implication and the implications of us being stewards. And it challenged me to the very core. I cannot cannot shake that. I cannot shake the idea that God's going to hold me accountable for that that he gives me. And you know, it's so interesting because you don't hear that preached in the church today. Everybody is telling you about how God wants to bless you and love you and keep you, and God will just do anything for you. But I hear something very different in the parables of Jesus. In the parables of Jesus, I hear Jesus saying, I've entrusted you with so much, now I'm going to hold you to account and I said, Lord, why are, you, why are you doing this, and why are you having us preach on stewardship, and why, God, because I don't feel so comfortable with it. And, you know, I don't sense that the people are really super just over the moon excited about it. And he said, because you know I'm returning, not just me, many people are, are, know that he's returning, and many are preaching that, but far too few, come on now. Far too few in the grand scheme of Christianity are really preaching that he's returning. And if he's returning, I want you to consider every one of those parables that we've covered. He's going to hold us to account on what he gave us. Every one of those is, I gave you so much. What did you do with it? Were you faithful or were you unfaithful? And we tend to spiritualize it and say, it's all about belief. Oh, really? It's all about belief? Then why did he have to include an entire story? Why didn't he just say, belief? No, 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 because it's always more than just belief. Because when you believe, it shapes the way you live. And the stories are about living for the kingdom in the king's heart. And when you live for the king's heart, then you are steward of what he desires, what he wants, not what you want. And someday he's going to come. And what really shocked me is when he said, take this servant, beat him, throw him into utter darkness where there will be weeping and... Wait, the the pastor on TV over in Houston doesn't preach that? And the one over in uh, Georgia, he don't preach that. And the one over in California, he don't preach that. And the one over in Florida, he don't preach that. No, there's many that aren't preaching that. But what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Because we went into another story. I thought, okay, Lord, you know, the the first one's got to be hard and heavy and got to, you know, set the tone right from the beginning. But now we get to the good stuff. And he goes, no, now the next parable is the parable of the minas. Same thing. Same thing. He calls the servants to account. He's harsh with the ones that were unfaithful. And I'm going, Lord, what are you doing? And so I've realized something. We're growing and we're going to build another church but not before we're ready. And, and, what I, and let me take that back. We're going to build another building. This is the church. I'm going to build another building, but not before we're ready. Oh, so that's what you're doing. You're preaching on stewardship to get us ready so that we can afford it. No, that's not it. That's not it. What I've realized is this. I'm preaching on stewardship because we, the church, have to reflect our king's heart. And at the end of the day, I didn't sign up to just preach. I signed up to do what my king has called me to do. And what my king has called me to do is to bring him glory. And the way we bring him glory is that we have to be the church that connects with his heart. Connects with his heart. You say, Pastor, but if you keep preaching like this, we'll have less people and we won't need another building. That's okay too. Because I'd rather not be about building buildings, I want to build people. People. And you have a choice to make just like I have a choice to make. And your choice is to, is what kind of church do you want to be a part of? A part of a church that's generous and has the heart of the king? because that's the kind of church I want to preach to. That's the kind of church I want to lead. That's the kind of church I want to pastor. And so today, I want to tell you that the message today that the Lord has put on my heart, and I firmly believe it was God, I've spent a lot of time in prayer and agonizing over it, and he's called us to be generous. He's called us to be generous stewards. That means he entrusts us with something, and he wants whatever he has entrusted us to reflect his heart of generosity. After all, this is what the proverb says, doesn't it? Where he says, watch, listen, there is one who scatters yet increases. In another version it says there's one who gives. There's one who is generous and yet he becomes more and more wealthy or he gets more and more. But there is one who is stingy, holds back, withholds more than is right, and it leads to poverty. And so it it begs the question immediately, How does this economy work? Because by logic, if you you hold on to what you have, you should have more. But if you give it, you get more? What is God saying? God's saying, this world is not just physical, it's also spiritual. And I govern this universe. And so he says, the generous soul will be made rich but he who and he who waters will also be watered himself and this is found throughout the scripture you see it also in the heart of god when he says look this is the most popular verse in all of scripture and i believe it's because it conveys the generosity of god read it with me for god so loved the world that he gave what his one and only son i love that song by uh, is it Brian and Melissa who say uh, who, it's a they say uh, Father of Heaven, bankrupted Heaven. How did the Father of Heaven bankrupt Heaven? He gave His Son, right there. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. You know what God was doing? God was saying, I know that love is hard for you humans. I know that love can be tricky. I know that love is risky and it hurts because you can be rejected, so I'll go first. I'll love you even while you haven't loved me. I'll love you first so that you can see that I'm willing to lay it all on the line. I'll send you my son. The son hangs on the cross. I want you to think about the the example of Jesus Christ. From sun up to sun down, he ministered. The scripture depicts him early in the morning. At brunch time, at noontime. In the city, at the market, at church, or in the synagogue. And in in the countryside. Late into the evening, healing and healing and ministering and ministering. To the point that the scripture shows He would pass out of exhaustion. Do you remember that when the the, the ship was being tossed to and fro and they thought they were going to die? They had to go wake up Jesus. What was Jesus doing asleep? He was exhausted because he came to this earth and he said, let me show you the heart of the Father. It's one of generosity to give, to give. And that's what we have to be as a church, amen? There is a principle of blessing, and it's, it's the principle that's found throughout Scripture. It's a principle that the Jewish people have known. Now, I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but, but I need you to look up here. Um, the individual in the video, I've watched his video, and it's, 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 it's fine. It makes a valid principle. I'm not I'm not endorsing everything he's done because I don't know everything he's done. It's just for illustrative purposes, amen? If you want to build your life around something, build it on this word. So don't write me and say, well, he also said this or he did this some other time. I don't know the individual. I just know that for the illustrative purposes, it works great. Listen to what he has to say. Do you believe that? Oh, this is found throughout Scripture. This is why the Bible says, give, and it will be what? Given back to you. Of good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it would be put into your bosom or lap. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. You say, oh, pastor, but Jesus is talking about so much more than money. Exactly. Be generous with all that you've been given stewardship over. Not just your money, your time, your energy, your talent, whatever it is. Connect with the Father's heart. Connect with the Father's heart. Listen to what else the Bible says in the book of Galatians. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. You want to know where you can start being generous? When you are taught the word of God, Sow into that ministry. It can be online. It can be here at this church. It can be different places. But look to advance the preaching of God's Word. Amen? Amen? Can you imagine if every Christian sowed into the preaching of his Word? Where we would be? But watch the principle here at work. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. If you sow stinginess, you're going to get back stinginess. There's something at work here. He called it a secret. Of course, he wants you to be intrigued. It's not a secret. It's a principle. Now, I want to clarify something. Because if you're practicing the principle of generosity, you say today, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to start giving like crazy. I'm just going to start sowing it out there. But at the same time, you're violating another principle and you're getting in debt. You're getting in such high debt that it's drowning and choking you. Then you cannot expect one principle to counteract the other principle. There's more than just this principle. But if you're forgetting this one, you can do all the other ones right. And you forget this one, you will still not increase. Because the Bible teaches this. For For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So yes, he's speaking spiritually, but the Spirit meets the road with action, with action. Because James put it this way, you say you have faith, and others say they have works, I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, they work hand in hand. I've got one more video I want you to to see from, from this gentleman. chair and those white folded tables. That year I was expecting the rabbi to go easy on He sits down at the table and he says to me, this year I'm not going to ask myself, if this is all true, then God is not going to hurt me for be changed. I came out of the trance. One single tear ran down my cheek. And I said, Okay. <laughs> I said it's up to God. It's not my problem. I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna commit, but at the end of the day, it's up to him to make sure it happens. <laughs> Amen. It's a principle in God's word. And it works if you work it. But there's other principles, aren't there, Pastor? Yeah, like for instance, sometimes we cannot be generous because we haven't been selective. We haven't been purposeful. What does that mean? It means we've gotten in debt, we've spent here, we've spent there. Some of us are saying, well, Pastor, I want to give so much more than money. I want to give. I want to give up my most valuable possession. That's my time. But I have no time. But I want us to think about where we do spend our time. Some of us spend our time so frivolously. If we would cut out certain things to give to God, after all, who's the one that gives you, gives you the time? Who's the one that's going to require an account of what he's given? That's what we need to think about. After all, the book of Ephesians puts it this way. Ephesians says, redeem the time. Redeeming the time because the days are what? You know what he's saying there? The Apostle Paul is saying, time is not on our side. There's a song that says that, doesn't it? Time is not on our side. And because time is running away from us, come on, how many of us have blinked and realized like, I never thought it would go this quick. My little, my little girl, my youngest daughter, eight, uh, uh, Evelyn, just turned 18 yesterday. And literally, on her birthday card, I said, I blinked. And here we are, 18 years of age, just like that. I'm telling you, time is not on your side. So then, pastor, what do you do? He says, redeem it, direct it, make sure you're wise with it. Keep reading right there. Therefore, do not be what? Unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which leads, in one version, the way I learned it, leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit of God. What God is saying here, you've got to walk with me. Our hearts have to align. What else does the Bible say about walking in agreement? Can two walk in agreement? Can two walk together unless there be what? Agreement. And so we've got to agree. So let me ask you this. When you take a walk with Jesus, how, what kind of conversation do you have? Hey, Jesus, let's walk together. Um, how about today you, uh, you follow me? How about today, uh, Lord, you agree with my heart? Okay, son. Okay, daughter. What do you got on your mind? Well, today, Lord, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I. want to talk about number one. Oh, me, oh, my. What I think, what I like, what I want, what I see. Oh, I like talk. Some of you don't know Toby Keith. You're going, where did he get that? <laughs> Look. And then you say, is that cool? And he says, well, that's what we did yesterday. <laughs> well, I thought we could do it again. And, and the day before. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of like me. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Am I the only one? But God is saying, be a good steward. Be wise. Let your heart. So, so he hit me with another parable. You ready? Are you sure you're okay? Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. What does it mean, be girded? Be girded with what? What are we supposed to gird our waist with? According to Ephesians chapter six, with the belt of truth. So you take the belt, and you take this long gown you have, and you tuck it in your belt, and now you have like shorts. And you can move. You can can move. So, So he says, gird yourself up, Well, why would I need to gird myself up? Because he says, this life, you're in a fight and you're here to serve my purpose. You're here to serve my purpose. You're not supposed to just be relaxing. You're supposed to serve my purpose. And watch, he says, and let your light be burning bright. What does that mean? The lamp represents the Holy Spirit. And when you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And so the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. Wisdom for what? Wisdom to do the Father's heart. To do your king's heart so that it doesn't become all about me, myself, and I, but so that we know that we are serving his great purpose and someday he's gonna come and settle accounts. With just the money? No, with your time, with your energy, with your possessions, with the truth, with everything he's given you. What are you doing? Oh, come on now. Come on now. So pastor, I don't like that kind of preaching, tough. It's what Jesus preached. I get it. Some of the churches today don't ever read the whole parable. They stop at the good part. Well done, good servant. All you have to do is believe. No, belief means you, you live. Watch, here we go, where's my, where are my glasses? Let's do this. Gird your waist, let your lamp be burning, right? And, and, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open up to him immediately. Blessed are those. Now, now, watch that wording, blessed. What is he setting off? Why does he use the word blessed? That's super, super important. I want you to think back to the Beatitudes. Blessed are those. What was Jesus doing when he used the Beatitudes? He was launching his kingdom. It was a kingdom that was opposite of the world. And he showed what he was about. He said, blessed are those, and that's the way he launched his kingdom. Now he's giving you another beatitude, so to speak, what his kingdom is about. Watch this. He says, "He said, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, he will gird himself and sit down. He will have them sit down, and he will come over and serve them. Verse 38. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore... You also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So he gives a parable within a parable. Isn't this beautiful? He's saying you need to be ready. And so too, too many Christians have taken it, okay, be ready means all I have to do is have you in my heart and then sit on my butt. That's not what the parable says. Read it. Watch. Then Peter said to him, don't you love Peter? He asks the dumb question we all wish we could. And and he says, he says, Lord, you're speaking to them, right? Or are you speaking to us? Who are you talking to? And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise servant or steward whom his master will make ruler over his house to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of the servant will, uh, will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and in an hour when he, doesn't, he is not aware, and will cut him in, oh, come on, that, that's a hello moment, right? Lord, you really said that? No, he gets worse. He says, and appoint him his portion with the what? Okay, so how many of us thought he was talking to the unbelievers? Who's he talking to? The believers. So he's answering Peter's question. He's saying, if you're unfaithful, I'm going to put you with the unbelievers. I'm going to cut you in two. He's saying, I don't value this. So it's not enough just to believe. You have to what? Come on. Come on. Come on. You got to be a wise steward, but what have you given me, God? Everything. Everything. But I haven't beat anybody, and I haven't gotten drunk. You know what that represents? It means you look after yourself only. That's what it means to be harsh with the other servants. Meant that he was looking after himself first. He go, well, you're being harsh with us right now, Pastor. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm making the word of God come to life the way it. because you know what I said, Lord, this ain't just for me. This is for all of us, amen? This is for all of us. Okay, so, so watch. Verse 47, and that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. Much will be required. So he says, yes, be selective, make sure you're doing the will of the Father, not just yours. Not just yours. You go, oh, pastor, but then, what, what does that mean? You're going to have to go wrestle with it like I am. How are, you, how are you formulating your time? How are you giving to others? I know for me, he's having me be more selective because he's, he's, he's given me a purpose. What is my purpose? My purpose is to prepare his bride for his coming and to lead this church here in Bastrop. And so the other day, I got an invitation to go speak, at a big conference in England, and I turned it down. That's not where God put me here. The other day, someone said, pastor, we could use your help over here. No, God put me here. The other day, someone hit on my purpose. My purpose is to help uh, couples win together. God has given me a heart for the bride. And you know what he told me? He said, because I'm coming back for my bride, so I need marriage to reflect my goodness in the earth before I return. So in your, little, in your little corner, make sure you're impacting marriages. But the other day, someone came and said, I need marriage advice. I said, have you ever joined our church? No. I said, then join. Get committed. Then I'll give you all the marriage advice you need. Oh, I need marriage advice. Have you come on Sunday morning? No, I don't come on Sunday morning. Then come on Sunday morning, and then we can talk about the next step. Oh, I want to get married, but you don't come on Sunday morning? I'm not going to marry you. You can find somebody else, because i got to be selective and purposeful of what God's calling me to do, because I want to be a good steward. Amen? You say, but how does that apply to me? Well, maybe you have to shave off in some other areas and make sure God gets first portion. What do you mean by first portion? Talk it out with him. He'll let you know. He'll let you know. So I want to finish with generous. Be generous. Be generous. And I want to finish this way. There's a lot we can give to. But I'm going to encourage you, to be generous in the kingdom. And some of us, we maybe did not have not heard this before. Because I get it. A lot of pastors would never preach this. But when God comes back, he's going he's to want to know out of all the resources he gave, how did you use them? Because notice what he says. He says, in my house, my purpose. If you read the Bible, there's certain things he values. That's why he said, blessed are those who do this. He's telling you, this is the kingdom economy. This is what I value. It's not a worldly system. It's a heavenly system. And so he's going he's to hold us to account on that. Now, you might be here and you might be saying, I don't like this. I mean, think about it. If I said, I don't like it, I have two choices. One, I can submit in humility or I can rebel in pride. Those are my choices. And God's okay with it. But it's not going to stop his return. And it's not going to stop his judgments. And us standing before him and saying, you didn't like it, I get it. But I doubt it'll be something like this where you go, well, let's talk, Lord. No, I think it'll be more like this. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Now, we've we've picked out the good parts because it's easier for us to sleep at night. And we've picked out the good parts where we say, yeah, but God is so loving That would never happen. Just read his words. I've read you three parables. These are not just obscure little passages from wee corners of the Bible. These are smack dab in the Gospels where he's talking about stewardship, saying, I'm coming back. You're going to give an account, and there'll be two types of stewards, faithful, unfaithful, wise, unwise. As for me in my house, I'm like, Lord, I want to be wise. I want to hear the good, well done, good and faithful servant. So you say, well, that, that's easy, pastor, because um, you're a pastor. I get held to a higher standard. So he's going to say, did you preach the full counsel? Did you make sure the church knew they were stewards? Did you make sure they understood my father's heart and what the kingdom was all about and what we were trying to accomplish? Or did you make it all about them? You see what I'm saying? Okay, so, so this is where I finish. Last week, we had an amazing, amazing opportunity uh, with winning together, winning together. We had 14 people get married, seven of which had never been married before. And not only that, but the most exciting part was their, their family came. And much of their family was unsaved. A lot of I mean, am I right? Were all your family members saved that came? Many of them came who needed the Lord. And I was so proud of our church. But I, I want to set the mindset You say, Pastor, how does this message about being generous and being a good steward pertain to that? It pertains in a very big way. Sometimes we don't connect the right dots. And we think, well, that's just a wedding. Good time for me to go on vacation because Pastor's probably not going to preach. I heard many say, oh, we decided to go out of town. We decided to miss. We decided to that. We decided to this. And then there was another group that said, okay, we're done. The wedding folks go down and eat cake, but we're going home to watch the cowboys or whatever. I get it. Time is valuable. But what does the Bible say? Rejoice with those that... Come on now. Rejoice with those that rejoice. And when God speaks through his messenger, who he's put here for such a time as this, and says... God wants us focusing on marriage. Well, I don't believe you. Then go to another church. But he puts leaders to lead. And if I say, you know what, we're going to have a wedding, we're going to have a huge celebration. Come on now, I'm going to get a little harsh on you. Then let's celebrate. Oh, but we were this way change your plans. Make sure I get it. Some people couldn't, but there were far too pe- many of our regulars out, and I did not like that because it was a golden opportunity for us to, to engage with the heart of God. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying, to engage with the heart of God. And I don't want to hear anymore that we're building a church if we don't have every single position filled in this house first. We need help in every area. You go, well, pastor, you got to learn how to do it. I'm done with that nonsense. Bible says be a good steward. He gave you time. Come on. Let's do this. Amen. (laughs) Let's do this. Well, I don't know if I like that. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we might as well get to this point sooner or later. Might as well be now. You want to go across the street? Fine. You want to go so Fine. I get it. I love you. I'll shake your hand. I'll, 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 I'm a good dude that way. I don't hold nothing. But, but as for this house, come on. We're going, to, we're going to get after the heart of our king. We got? Because I'm preaching. He's returning. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm not the kind of person to just preaches something just to preach it. If I say he's returning and I'm preaching that, then I'm going to live it. I'm going to have my children live it. I'm going to have the church live it. Amen? Amen? Okay. You say, well, pastor, I was here, but I did go off because I don't like cake. I don't, it ain't about the cake. <laughs> it's about having a beautiful opportunity to go, man, I have not met you. Who are you here with? Oh, I'm here with so and so. They got married today. Can I tell you how blessed we are? Can I tell you how much we love you that you came to this house and you got to experience and so we love celebrating with you. We believe for the heart of God. Can I pray with you? Can I talk to you? Can I see what, what who are you? Where are you from? You see what I'm saying? We got to connect with God's heart. I love you, church. Some of you are going, man, he waited to the very end to hit us. Oh no 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 no! Oh no 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 no! God is good, Amen. I say, Oh, Pastor, but it was planned from a long time. I get it. I get it. It's not you I was talking to. everything I love this life I love my wife, my children and it's easy for me to cocoon and be about me but I know Lord that you paid such a high price that You invite me to be a part of something bigger than just myself. And you've created this amazing, you you died to give birth to this amazing thing you called your church. And together we each play a part in seeing marriages restored and young people catching fire for the kingdom the attic being set free Lord this church is experiencing some amazing moves of your hand by your spirit Lord invite each and every person to play a part bring them close to your heart in Jesus' name. Oh, glory. Amen. Oh, Church, I love you. Have a great, great week.